Welcome back to another episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined, as always, by Vader. How's it going, Vader? That is me, and I'm doing good. Excellent. Good to hear. We've been away for a little while, um, but we're back in form, and we're returning, bringing gifts of Mr. Jackie Chan. What are I'm we, pretty uh, excited about this one. I know. I, I am, too, actually. What, uh, what are we going to take a look at? Uh, the Legend of the Drunken Master. I believe that's correct title. <laughs> yep, it is. <laughs> it's okay. a different one. It's it's confused me back in the day because there Jackie Chan has a few Drunken Master movies, and yes. we've already covered the previous one, which mm-hmm. is just Drunken Master. If I'm correct. Um. Yes, the Drunken Master. Yep. And this is the Legend of the Drunken Master, and they do not relate at all. No, um, aside from he's still playing the same character. But there's a big time change as well, difference, isn't there? Mm, yes. The time, well, yeah. The time period. The time period is a little different. And if it's the same, it is because Drunken Master is set like in a rural area and this is in um oh, city. Yeah. yeah, good point. That could be it. Because there was still the Western influence in the yeah. Drunken Master, wasn't there? Yeah, he's um he's portraying uh Wong Fei Hung again. Yes. Doubly confusing because we watched um the the, the legend. Whatever the jelly one was. <laughs> now I've forgotten. So somebody can come and yell at me. <laughs> See, we didn't like that one that much, did we? It was a uh, oh, good movie, but it wasn't a kung fu movie. It was an action movie. It yeah. There was less scenes than I think we thought there was gonna be. Yeah, and the fight. Yeah, we don't need to get into it. We did that last time. Yeah, oh, we already we did it. Um, <laughs> however, this one more than makes up for it because it is nonstop kung fu, like from the beginning to the end. There's a little bit of drama and maybe I guess some comedy tossed in, but it's it, it does good. There's um, what does it not have? Training montage. Montage. That's right. I was waiting the whole time even though I knew it didn't have one. <laughs> I thought maybe my memory was going to be wrong and uh, there'd be one slipped in there somewhere, but that didn't uh, that didn't happen, unfortunately. Because it was the Drunken Master. That's the one where he does all the training, isn't it, with the pots and like he's having to do like sit-ups yes. and fill in pots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's just so good. I love and then, those. <laughs> so I think another part of what's a little different is where he learned um, the drunken boxing. Whereas in this film, it's um, it's like a family lineage. It's just not the main style of the family. Yeah, it's kind of somewhat frowned upon, isn't it? Like the, the, the yeah. father doesn't doesn't encourage it. No, and he's not meant to be using it, and he uses it to show off. Yeah, and he's better at the family style of hungar anyway. I mean, even he mm. tries to use his general family style and not the drunken one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really like this one. Yeah. Um, Did you? When's the first time you saw this one? This is one of the ones I had. I actually thought I had the disc of it. If I did, it's gone. But it's one I watched when my I went on my um, early two thousands kung fu. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know feast where I just was (laughs) watching lots of kung fu films. Yeah. And especially I like these older ones. Uh, So this is would be i'm guessing yeah early 2000s mm-hmm. so 
um, when I first watched it. So this was a rewatch for me. Now, was that the last time you watched it, or have you did you watch it in the in the interim? I believe I've seen it at least once in between, or I would have watched it several times back then. Yeah, is it's it's hard to it's been a long time. It's probably been mm-hmm. at least fourteen years since I've seen it. Okay, is my guess. Yeah, that's probably about the same. I'm I remember watching it in high school, so. I think the last time I saw this was about 20 years ago, which makes sense uh, because I didn't remember like three fourths the movie. All I remembered <laughs> was the last fight scene. So I was, um, it was, I was pleasantly surprised uh, with like the entirety of the rest of the movie. Cause it was, it was like watching it again for the first time, which is always um, nice to, to have that kind of that, that experience again. Yeah, for sure. It was it was all very very familiar. I didn't really remember the intro on the train, mm. but then it's then once it got into the action, I remembered it. Um, but this yeah, this very started. I was like, ah, is this the one I'm thinking it is? Um, because yeah, I I I remember um, a lot of the rest of it, especially as you say that that fight in the the um, the steel yeah, foundry the, the mill, yeah. Uh, which is yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> it was but a good way to end it. <laughs> one one thing one thing I would have mentioned a lot on this podcast is how if comparing when films are made in in, in um, Chinese cinema uh, and like Western cinema, how they tend to be a bit more dated, like they're like ten years behind in quality and how they look. Mm-hmm. I guess the production value. I was pretty impressed with this one. It was very cinematic at times, and there's a lot of like. Um, pretty and um, thought out camera movement, and this, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I kind of enjoyed. I'm not very technical. I'm doing a terrible job explaining this, but yeah, I thought it was a lot more, um, yeah, higher production value than other films we've covered around this time period, and I guess slightly earlier. Yeah, and that that could have something to do with like the budgeting. Um... We we've skipped over it, but uh, Lu Qialiang is the director of this, who we just covered uh, in Legendary Weapons of China. Same same director. Uh, mm-hmm. His budget was probably pretty substantial because of his his filmography, um, having done all the Shaolin films, um, the Thirty Six Chamber films, uh, yeah, the other. 20 movies so he has 26 uh films to his <laughs> credits so he's done a few movies um, well yeah and that's like is it acting, I, I, I just i was just really impressed with um with it like it's mm-hmm. there was there was established establishing shots like i've just got it playing in silent now like i often do when we record and the opening train scene the train pulls in and there's like a, there's definitely a crane the camera's on crane um and there's like panning shots with the whole camera's moving and it's it's yeah some cool as i say establishing shots of scenes um and more creative shots which i, I enjoyed throughout the film but just a little bit more to it just then straight fighting yeah. it's well, thought out which is cool it, it is nice uh that we've we've made a little bit of a time jump uh particularly with this director's film so our our last um coverage the legendary weapons of china was from 1982 and this is from 1994 so there has been over 10 years in between when those two mm. uh, films That's were fair. done. And it, um, even with Legendary Weapons of China, I think the cinematography was still pretty good. Um, now, I didn't look up who the cinematographer was, but um, 
it could be the same people that he's been working with the entire time. They tend to work together, uh, as <laughs> we'll find out with the cast um, in this film. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of faces I recognize, um, and I'm not as well-versed in the names as you are. So uh, <laughs> um, I guess we haven't mentioned this. Have we seen this Jackie Chan? Uh, we did briefly, but yes, it's Jackie yeah. Chan. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Oh, while we're speaking of awesome Kung Fu masters, um, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it'd be fun because if I could... Jet Li and Donnie Yen are here in New Zealand at the moment filming the Mu- the live action Mulan film. Yeah, you'd you'd um, mentioned that to me on uh, off of the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, uh, if there's any way to like <laughs> see any of that, that would be so cool. Oh heck yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm not that interested in famous people, but these these kung fu guys, I'd love to meet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've been discussing them stuff. for over a year. I've actually, as as long as I can remember, um, that's what I've always said. Like, I would, I would love to meet Jackie Chan. Um, I wouldn't care less, could, couldn't care less about any other Hollywood star, but I w- I've always wanted to meet Jackie Chan. So one day, maybe. There's, st- he's still around. There's still time. <laughs> yeah, there's still time. Anyway, who else is in, who else stars in this film? So we have, uh, like, I'll try to go in order of appearance. Um, well, we have uh, uh, Lung Ti is um, his is Wong Fei Hung's father in this, and um, his his uh, filmography is substantial. It's one hundred and twenty four films uh, that he's acted in, and he's still acting. So yeah, that's current. Oh heck! Oh yeah. Um, he's not. Um, he's was born in 1946, so he's actually less than 10 years older than Jackie Chan, which makes it a little weird that he's his father in this film. I think he's like seven. Yeah, he does look a lot older though, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's not. (laughs) He's like seven years older than him. Jackie's just got like that magical genes or something Mm -hmm. that just makes him look young. Yeah, as we covered before, though, Jackie yeah. didn't start his career like being successful until he was reasonably old. Yeah, he was. But he still looked very young, early twenties. Um, so Tilung, he was in everything. He's just in every movie ever. Um, a lot of the <laughs> the Brave Archer films, um, Avenging Eagle, Swordsman, and Enchantress. So a lot of these are uh, the Wuxia. Um, period piece kind of films, um, rather than just straight um, kung fu, a lot of weapons fighting, um, death duel, Shaolin Temple, magic blade, is spiritual boxer, uh, ton of stuff starting from nineteen spiritual boxer is that is that same as spiritual kung fu or is that different? I think it's a different one. Spiritual Kung Fu, okay. I think, is in the 80s, and this was from 1975. Okay. Yeah. Um, was he Was he in the... Is he one of the guys that's in the Eagle... Uh, Snake in the Eagle Shadow, or whatever that was called? Um, was that him? I don't see that on here. No. No. 
I recognize them, but I, I can't piece what I what pick what I know him from. I don't see anything like recently that we may have seen him in. Uh, no, because anything anything recent at all has been a kind of dramas or period pieces. Okay, and then all the stuff before that is just ones we haven't like really looked at. Yep. I'm familiar with a few of the titles, but um, nothing, nothing in particular. Now, this I'll have the... to correct that, I guess, eventually. The water margin, I did see him in that. Yep. Um, who else have we got? We've got the the old man that he fights at the beginning. So uh, that's the he director. looks familiar too. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Lucio Man. <laughs> we just watched him um, using all the legendary weapons in... Um, the that's what I thought. Legendary weapons of China. That's that's what I thought, I thought it was. Um, cool. And then we have um, uh, Anita Anita Mui. Um, she portrays his stepmother, so Wong Fei Hung's stepmom, who is in fact only like she younger. I gotta look up Jackie Chan because she was born in 1963, so I think she's younger than Jackie Chan. Yes, that making that it. even weirder. <laughs> yeah, TV they do that a lot. Yeah, she's quite a bit younger. She was good. She was funny in this. It was a big. She was a, a bit of comic relief and um, also did some cool supporting martial yeah, arts. Had a, um, well. She had a really good role in this one. It's a good character. Um, she was, well, we did watch her. We saw her in Rumble in the, Rumble in the Bronx. Um, ah, okay. She's in the Heroic Trio, which we haven't watched, but probably should. Michelle Yeoh. Uh, oh yes um almost all of the cast at least the the main actors in um, legend of drunken master were also in miracles aka ah, okay, yep. mr canton and lady rose so when when jackie directed that one he had already been working with um several of the actors yep and that's that's kind of it. She doesn't really have um, everything else. She's does mostly dramas. Is Miracles the one? That's the one with. Is it more modern setting um, with like gangsters no. and stuff? Yeah, it's it's set in maybe like the nineteen twenties. Okay, yeah. So I want to say more more recent than this time yeah. period. I think just slightly more recent. I gotta go look at it. I don't know. It doesn't say, unfortunately. <laughs> I was hoping it would. I want to say it's like yeah. in the twenties. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. I, I've I've got that as well, and I've seen that. I just can't remember much about yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in, in since I had it on a VHS copy. I think so it's <laughs> been a little while. Um, let's see. We have. Uh, um. Lao Tzu Ming. Um, oh, darn, I clicked it out of the right 
page here. Here we go. Oh, okay, that um, Mr. Mr. Chu. So that's the guy that they give. The, oh, the assistant. Um, no, it's the guy that they give the uh, the root to. Oh, yep, the ginseng. The yeah. well, so the he's only <laughs> only like a cameo, but um, his filmography is again like 106 films. So he's in <laughs> a lot of things. And he, nope, he's still alive and still acting. And he was born in 1931, so that's pretty impressive. Oh, dang. I mean, he may have stopped, but his last film was in 2015, so it was still pretty recent. Yeah. It makes him like 85 or something, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Still going strong, because he didn't look young in this one. <laughs> no. I mean, um, he, he wasn't. So... so. Oh, man, he's so familiar. I'm just looking at the train scene, and there's the there's the person who helps Jackie Chan, but I don't think he comes back into it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. You mean Andy Lau? That's who it is. I'm like, I know who it is. You like, should know him. He was in your Pinterest. Yes. <laughs> it's just so much younger. <laughs> well, it was ten years before uh, the other movie. Yeah, I was like, I know him. I know him. <laughs> I'm bad with names. <laughs> I'm people. Um, Andy Lau. It's such a weird character because it seemed like he was going to be an important role that would come in. I mean, and I he, swear has an, maybe... he has an important role in the film, but it's just a cameo. Yeah. Like, like, like it's a high position like... counterintelligence operative. It, it felt like maybe and one of the script at one point had him coming back. Or doing something? No, nah, he's but... just there to wink, wink and make the lady <laughs> watch the movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's just smiling. It was it was a little weird. Like I, I kept thinking he was gonna be in it more too for some reason. Yeah, but he was very strange. Just in the beginning, and then we have uh, Ken Lo. So that's the final. The final bad guy, um, he's who is in fact or was at the time um, Jackie Chan's bodyguard. Ah, uh, yes, yep. And he has 125 films to his credit. Still, still going strong. 2017, ton of movies actually. <laughs> the my silent playthrough right now is up to the mahjong scene. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> she's hilarious <laughs> that's what I mean it just has a nice little bit of comic relief in there she's probably like she she chewed as much scenery as anybody else I mean her her character was just well well done yeah well acted and a lot of fun well written um, yeah it was good what any other main cast we want to talk about or is that kind uh, of it? I, oh well we have uh, Pak Hosung and that is the sub bad guy. Uh, he's he's Korean. Um, yeah, he's the guy that gets all kind of burnt up toward the end. Yep. And um, he's a bit of a fighter too. Like he does fight yes. Jackie. He's just not as good. Yeah, he is a wushu champion. Um, but just as notably, um, 
right around the time that this this film came out. He is the motion capture for um, Liu Kang and Shang Tsung in um, the original Mortal Kombat. Ah, oh, cool. Video game. Should put that in there for anyone that somehow might not be aware of that. Um, he doesn't really have also um, Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat Two. Uh, yeah, then he really didn't do anything for a long time after this. A couple small, it's just been big, big roles. He was in like the terrible Alone in the Dark movie, um, the Blood Rain film. Uh, that's no, that's kind of just it. to clarify. Cause there's the two guys in suits. He's in the pale suit, isn't it? He's, in he's the got the longer suit. hair. Yeah. He. This is the guy that's like beating on the train up. and stuff. No, he's not. Yeah. I don't think. He, yeah, he was on the train briefly, but he's the one that is like beating up the um workers when they try to quit at the steel mill yep 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 because there's the other guy in the dark suit in the last fight scene as well yeah so the taller one is ken low yeah that's right he's the he's the kicker he's got wicked kicking skills yes i remember no no noting that okay sorry i just want to clarify which one's yeah which. that's fine <laughs> uh <laughs> So that is our main main cast of characters um, for this film. What uh, what kind of reviews did we run into? Well, no surprising, we have a ten star, and we also have um, a one star, which I'm surprised about. Would Would you like to start with? Let's do. Let's start with the bad one. Okay. Um. I'm going to take a big deep breath. It's a long one. Uh, this is titled, This is Why I Can't Stand Jackie Chan. Semicolon. A lot of action and stunts, but no plot, full stop. Zero stars, bracket, out of four, bracket. I don't think they understand. Oh, sorry, end of, end of title. <laughs> I don't think they understand... <laughs> what a title is <laughs> and how the star rating room works on imdb because <laughs> it's out of 10 stars <laughs> so they've rated it zero out of four but given it one out of ten on the system they could it, it couldn't go any lower it wouldn't let them but they were going to tell us that it wanted zero stars but why do it out of four? Like, if it's zero, it doesn't matter. It could be out of 100. It's zero. It zero doesn't matter. Zero out of four. Did you mean zero out of 10? Yeah, it's just... just I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so, then, when, when did this review... When, when was this done? Um, 14th of January, 2001. Okay. So, quite a while ago. Um, the Legend of Drunken Master... I don't know why they've got brackets 2000. Um, zero that stars. was when they re-released this, probably on DVD. I was going to say this is this is the Western release, isn't on DVD? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering if they got the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's even put his name in here. It's not just his username of movie 12. His name is Blake French. <laughs> 
Um, there are two types of people on the planet, fans of Jackie Chan and people who despise him and his ilk. That sounds racist. Obviously, I fall under the latter category. Is any kind of Hollywood torture greater than the painful experience of watching Jackie Chan film? Question mark. The fact that The Legend of the Drunken Master was filmed in 1994 but not given a wide North America release until now should be a clue of the quality of this production and how the highlights of his movies are not during the actual movie but at the closing outtakes where audience where audiences get to see Chan really get injured, burned, dropped, slammed, hit, or breaking a bone, any coincidence why those sequences are many people's favorite? I don't think so. The action sequence in Jackie Chan's The Legend of the Drunken Master are amazing. There is no doubt that there is some simply amazing physical coordination and precise choreography in involved. The film involves some of the most intricate, difficult, and energetically executed action sequences ever photographed unfortunately after viewing about a dozen other bad jackie chan films the fact that he does most of his own stunts no longer shocks us and instead provides a reasonable excuse to rationalize pointless violence we may have been astounded the first several times we saw Chan himself scampering up high walls, jumping into moving trains without with trains windows, and using everyday uh, utensils as brutal weapons against his enemy, but now such actions are expected and contrived. There is only so much harm one man can one man can do to another man, and continue to keep an audience intrigued. Chan passed most individuals' limits years ago. I already want to interject, but I'll let you finish. <laughs> or, you know There's what? A... I'll, I'll actually take over for you, and I'll read this okay. two paragraphs. <laughs> I, I'm going to interject, though. Damn, that was a long sentence. In there. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'm just continue the review. What ticks me off most about Jackie Chan films is how there is never any actual plot. I recently screened an action thriller starring Arnold Schwarzenegger called The Sixth Day. That film interwove high-tech intense action sequences into its fascinating storyline, while The Legend of Drunken Master only provides a clothesline in which a bunch of pointless action scenes can evolve. As always, the characters are meaningless and thin. The dialogue, dubbed in English, is irrelevant to the story and ranges from insipid and preposterous, and the action scenes themselves come at a dime a dozen. The plot in this film details a young martial artist named Wong Fei Hung, who uses a complex technique to battle enemies that can only be achieved when he is drunk out of his mind. He must get a stolen artifact from a team of artful villains. Sounds a little sparse? Try spreading that plot out over a running time of over 100 minutes. The Legend of Drunken Master made an inevitable appearance on my list of the worst films of the year. I received an email questioning the category in which I placed this motion picture into. Action with no point. Hence, when Jackie Chan movies have a point, asks an inquisitive reader. I don't understand that sentence. Sorry, that that's me. Um, this is troublesome of how people have grown to... Ex 
to accept movies without a plot as long as they have a lot of zany action. The Legend of Drunken Master has no plot or point or message or spirit, no impact or anything else for that matter. But it is amazing of how many critics and audiences loved it. If the absence of story is no regard to so many review so many viewers, what will be next? The absence of characters? Or how the absence of moving pictures on screen? Sorry, I was getting a little carried away reading that. Um, that's the end of the review, and well, oh, uh, on the plus side, uh, they've done what we always like, and they've given us a synopsis without us having to do it. So, thank you, Mr. Scrolling back up, uh, Blake French, or, or Miss, could be a woman's name, who knows. Um, that's a good point, Blake could be a girl's name. Yeah. Well, without actually, yeah. So without actually nitpicking any of this, um, because well. again, like, like we've had happen before, this review uh, is a is full of like backhanded compliments. They went out of their way to discuss like the things that make the movie good, and then because of I guess a bias specifically against Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan's films uh, just had a negative opinion. I mean, regardless of how... I think the movie could have been stellar and could have had a great plot, and they still would have had a problem with it. So yeah. it's almost... Well, Go ahead. Yeah, well, that's the thing. When you when you give it something a zero stars, you have to hate all of it. Like, the yeah. description they gave of how the action scenes were impressive and some of the best around... Deserves it to at least get some star. Yeah, you, like you should have given that, it like three. Yeah. So the fact that they've just made a point of saying zero stars twice know. in the title yeah. of their review, uh, out of four, whatever that means. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing they have their own blog, and they had uh, their rating was out of four, maybe. Yeah, and they're just using their own. They just copied that review into here to put into the IMDb. Um, I'm a fairly big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and The Sixth Day was not a great movie. No, is is that the one he's like easy on the hardware? Yeah, is that the, the one? one where he he's fighting demons and stuff, or the devil? No, 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 no. You're thinking of the la- uh, last day. I think the last day. So no, no, no uh, end, end of days. End of days. End of days. Is where he fights That's what I'm of. Gabriel Byrne, the devil. Um, yeah, Sixth was Day is with the clones or something. I don't think I've ever the heard of it. The cover of the movie is him, like, or at least the U.S. cover is him leaning into, like, a, it looks like an eye doctor device. Yes. It's not I've a... I've seen that picture. It's so not a good movie that I don't remember what the movie was about anymore because I just, like, wiped it from my mind. I don't know if I've seen it or not. I've definitely seen that poster, but I have no idea if I've seen the movie or not. And I, I can't even recommend it. You can watch Eraser was a better Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and that wasn't that great either. Um, Does it at least have a good line? Like, I remember the end of days was bad, but I just loved it when he, he's get, they're getting shot at, and he's behind cover, and he sticks his hand up like a cop stopping someone <laughs> like on the side of the street, and just goes easy on the hardware, and then runs across and doesn't get shot. Like, it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember. It's, I, I watched that like off of a bootleg I bought in New York. Like easy on the out. hardware but it's forgivable because it has a sweet Arnold Schwarzenegger nigga, um, quote uh, I just remember hardware. that he sticks pizza in a blender and drinks it 
I don't remember that. Sit down. Anyway, <laughs> this isn't the Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. Yeah. But, um, I'm just, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, better, I lost what I was going to say because this is <laughs> but so ridiculous. See, he, he talks about how um, once you've seen it, once basically once you've seen it yeah. once, you've and seen it a hundred times. It doesn't have impact. Uh, I would like violently disagree with that because in my rewatch of this, be, because it had been so long since I last seen this film, I was like blown away by Jackie Chan's physicality and like Ken Lowe and a few of the other actors, uh, maybe particularly the uh, the fight scene like under the train carriages. Like all of it, oh, all dang. of it was, was phenomenal. And he does uh, things in this movie that I don't know how he like how a person could do. Yep. And I don't recall there really being any kind of wires or anything necessary like that. He just does it himself with his rubber body. Yeah. And it's it it's was, phenomenal. It, yeah. It just blew me away. And it just, I was like, this is what I wanted to watch and wanted out of, I think a few of the other films we saw that maybe didn't age as well or weren't um, quite as uh, frantic, I think with the action like this, this movie, it has a few like, bits that maybe could have been trimmed or they were just they just served as like character development and then that's fine but it didn't stop when there was fight scenes they they went on and it wasn't ever didn't feel gratuitous it felt like they they moved things forward like each time something happened it was for a reason and the plot kept going so there's yeah there's a small contrivance of the the little um, ancient stamp that they're after. It's just an excuse to kind of show some of this story and kind of the the talent of these um these characters, but yeah. it it wasn't a problem. Uh, if it could have been anything, and I still would have exactly. been entertained. And that's the point of this kind of movie. Exactly, that's what's there for. It's just entertained with the action. It's an action film. It's a kung fu film. It's meant to be based around that. But still, there is still stuff there. Like, as you say, the stamp, it's not important. It could have been anything. But the fact, and they even say that in the film, like, it's, like, Jackie's like, it's just a stamp. Like, can't we, don't we have, like, hundreds of these in the, like, in the capital? And and the, the old man's like, yeah, but where does it, where, do, where, does, it where stop? does it stop? Yeah, no, and that's the point, is they're, they're stealing history and to sell it and that, and that's a huge that's like there's so much meaning and cultural oh, yeah. uh history behind all of that that the plot like that's the thing he describes the plot as being lame and superficial any plot can be described in one or two sentences and sounds mm-hmm. dumb game of thrones it's this massive series massive books and you could describe it as just a bunch of rich, rich inbred pricks trying to steal the throne that's the plot <laughs> but there's a whole lot more to it um, <laughs> man wants to sit on swords yeah <laughs> like and that's basically what he's done he's tried describing the plot as simply as possible to make his own yeah. point about how there is no plot yeah and that's but, why he's not wrong in his summation of what happens but those things have meaning that he's like not recognizing yeah yeah um 
and and the fact like and there is i think there is character in the in these characters um yeah everyone has motivations yeah. and they're clear they they go out of their way to show you why everyone's doing what they're doing the bad guys aren't just evil i mean they're in it for money or yes. or something they, they, they all, everyone has motivations and, and we get that and the film gives that to you but i think it, he went into this or, or you know the reviewer went into this already not wanting to like this movie and that's yeah, that's gonna happen very, and it's very rare oh, yeah, sure. that a movie will make you change your mind if you're set on not wanting to like it or yeah. just not in the mood for it i mean that that could be anything i've had plenty of times where like I, I it could be a favorite film and i'll put it on and be just like you know i just not i'm not feeling it right now and so i'll turn it off and watch something else yeah for, for, um, yeah exactly it does seem like this person has a yeah this person has a bias to a uh, negative bias towards chinese cinema from the from ways described things um which is which is fair enough you don't have to like everything and not everyone's gonna like kung fu films but why bother writing a review <laughs> um, yeah and that i think that's my it's yeah. good to have both sides of the coin um but a lot of times when reviews are needlessly um negative without showing like why uh this this long four paragraph review boils down to the movie was bad because I don't like kung fu movies. Yep. Okay, yep. that's and, fair. <laughs> don't review them. And a good reviewer of like if the and I'm giving this person a bit more crap because this seems like someone who sees himself as a full movie critic. Yeah. Just the way they've written it and the way they described it at the end and how it's anyway. So I'm giving them more grief than I might normally would. Um, a proper movie reviewer will look at the movie as that movie was the only movie that existed, whereas he's using other movies to hold it up against, which I don't think is necessarily the best way to go about it. Like he's well, because there are movies that other, are other... in the same genre, so that doesn't really make any well, that, sense. Well, he does it with both. He does it with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is completely different. But he also does it with other kung fu films. Where was oh, yeah. it? Um, like basically saying, like it's well, it's all been done before. Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's been done. He's before. saying so this that is you're boring. you're coming into this expecting a spectacle, but it's nothing that you haven't seen had you watched other Jackie Chan films. And then like forgetting that the well, is that they, the not fault. that they forget <laughs> that the movie came out in you know. 1994 um because he calls that to attention saying that what if it was so good why wasn't it released sooner when that really doesn't have anything to do with I, when a movie gets international release or not especially the, because things weren't released very easily in the in the west back then there was no. a it seemed like an 80s there was a lot crossing over but then there seems to be like a dark age of of um asian media coming across to the west and then there was like a resurgence um yeah and a lot of that i think had to do with economics i mean it was just a problem uh repeatedly in the 90s where global economics and other things like stock markets crashed so 
it wasn't as lucrative for a little while. Yeah. It's, I mean, um, it's expensive to get stuff licensed anyway for distribution. It's, it's hundreds of thousands of like dollars if I'm going that way. Um, it's not cheap, and it's just a gamble every time. This did make it over. It just took a little while. Uh, and it had yeah. a VHS release, I believe. It just didn't make a... Uh, when this a came smash. out, they they did a theatrical small run, but I think part of that had to do with um, I remember they did uh, Iron Monkey and um, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Those all came out in the cinema, uh, kind of like in a lump. Like yep. one thing was famous, and then um, I know a lot of it was produced. Um, at least the, the the distribution parts were um, financed through um, Quentin Tarantino. Like he did a lot of Quentin Tarantino That's right. presents. Um, yep. Which is like totally misleading because he has nothing to do with any of these movies. Um, it's kind of like Netflix, though. <laughs> Netflix, uh, yeah, yeah. Netflix and like originals, Netflix and the- originals, but they're not actually done by Netflix. Yeah. At least not on the whole. Um, anyway, that's. That's this review, Bad unless review. you had something else you wanted to talk about in it. Yeah, I think we covered it. We um, so we we disagree. <laughs> a good review. Let's find out what the what that is. Okay, we've got. Do we just want to take a short one, or do we want a middle size or extremely long? Um. Well, we've been absent for a little while, so let's grab the long one. I won't go to the extremely because that's only a nine. Let's go to the ten long one. Um, the best martial arts movie ever from Jake uh, 179 and this was done 13th September 2000 uh, this is it full stop the single greatest kung fu movie ever made this is the ultimate kung fu movie with the ultimate kung fu star Jackie Chan his entire career has culminated in this one great opus Jackie performs feats of physical agility that will blow your mind despite being about 40 years old when he made this film. The story... 40 isn't that old, dude. <laughs> um, the story is about... Old. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, 40 isn't... Yeah. The story is about the fabled fighter... Hong Fei Hong. I'm bad with pronunciation who encounters corrupt industrialists that are exporting some of China's greatest historical treasures to increase their profits. Naturally, uh, Fei Hong uh, takes up the fight against them and faces the deadly X-Gang and finally a dangerous Taekwondo uh, stylist in the movie's eye-popping final fight scene. The Taekwondo fighter is actually Jackie's real life bodyguard. Hey, this guy's just listened to our podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> he stepped in as the chief villain because Ho Sung Puck hurt his ankle and was unable to perform the complicated fight sequences required. Fei Hung doles out justice throughout the film with his unique fighting style drunken boxing despite uh ridicule by his opponents insisting that drunken boxing is inferior needless to say jackie provide proves them wrong 
historically speaking, the real uh, Fei Hong did not use drunken boxing at all. In fact, he was a practitioner of much more effective style of Kung Fu called Hunga. And his exploits can be likened more to the Jesse James of America's Old West. Don't get that reference. But Fei Hong was more commonly found fighting for the underdog and battling tyranny. However, of all the innumerable depictions of Fei Hong, Drunken Master 2 is by far the best. I haven't actually seen that one. I think there, I think he's oh. using that as this title rather than the actual Drunken Master 2, which doesn't have Jackie Chan in it. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, okay. This movie ha- can be described as big budget kung fu movie done in a very traditional period style. The cinematography, direction, action sequencing, writing, and storyline are all top-notch. There, was ne- there has never been a kung fu movie made that is better than this one, and there has never been better fight choreography. As, w- as you might well expect, there are some breathtaking stunts, and this is the movie that has the fire stunt responsible for Jackie's skin grafts on his arm. He did not get burned so severely until the third take. He wasn't happy with the first two. And if that is not painful enough to watch, then check out the fight against the axe gang. When one member gets knocked off the upstairs uh, portion of the restaurant and slams into a crossbeam before smashing to the floor. If you are looking for the best martial arts flick ever, this is it. Well, there you go. good thing we've had an extra 18 years of kung fu movies because there's been you know, arguably um, better films that have come out recently. But uh, I, I would agree that at the time, this is one of the best. As I, I don't know. I, I know I say this all the time. The most recent white movie we've watched is my favorite, except the odd few that just haven't really hit the spot. This This is... This is pretty good. I think this is, I forgot how good this was. And no, this I is think really it's good. probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, I would I would say that some of the work um out of Indonesia, uh the raid and the raid two, as far as choreography and like large scale sequences of crazy martial arts, um, those take the cake. They're just really well done. And then the most recent um night comes for us. Uh, also was very good however it's exceedingly more violent than anything anything that we've really ever looked at um yeah um i'm trying to think like it's, it, this was a good film i think i've realized one of the things I, you know i like montages training montages yeah the next thing i like is when jackie uses uh like a stool to fight with <laughs> That is always good times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he does it in this film. Like, it's, this film's got everything. If they did a training montage in this, this would be a 11 out of 10 film. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. I like when he, um, like, takes off a jacket and then maybe puts it back on in the oh, same yeah, fight sequence. Um, that is good, or too. Or hits people with ladders. 
Um, I like that. Yep. I don't yep, know. There's, there's a, a lot. I'd have to. We'd have to just watch more films and pick out more specific moments. Uh, uh, Jackie's evasive fighting is one of my favorites as well. Like the, how mm-hmm. he uses the, the sets to move and evade and use them to attack is always good times as well. Like I think Rumble was a Rumble in the Bronx where he uses like the fridges and stuff to like yeah. hide, like hit people with. All that stuff is phenomenal. And then gorgeous how he he um around the boat was just yeah. It's not just fighting, it's stunt work. And, yeah, it's the whole, uh, it's the in, moving around the environment and yeah. making it look like it's easy. Uh, it's like parkour like. fighting. Mm-hmm. It's like hardcore parkour fighting. But not the yeah, same as like good. District 13, which was parkour fighting. And it wasn't like a is. bad movie. Um, it's... Uh, I mean, I can recommend it as like a general watch. I'll have to send you a trailer. Right. But yeah, this was just a good film. Like, just from where to go. Like, yeah, the characters weren't super in depth, but they they were a little bit um, character caricature versions of characters. Yeah, like a little bit I think hyperbolic. That's the that's other fine. part that we're missing and that we've kind of alluded to as is that the um the character and the settings and the adventures and things that Wong Fei Hung as a folk hero deals with uh aren't one or two things. It's in a whole series of films and TV series and a cultural kind of wave that outside of china isn't as well known whereas yeah. this is just like a regular as this reviewer is mentioning with like jesse james or just a general folk hero i don't know who that is i don't know who jesse james is uh it's just a notable cowboy um anti-hero okay kind of like a robin hood but for cowboys kind of like tombstone like with the the movie yeah like white herb and that kind of Wyatt thing. yeah mm-hmm yeah okay it's in the same like uh it's not a genre the same actual people thing um folk hero it's folk hero (laughs) but yeah there's all of there's all of that that comes in the package that aside from the historical context that we you know kind of mentioned with what um the industrialists are doing the rest of the history of Wong Fei Hung and what what he means, like this, his symbol against like this, um, outside of China, um, imperialism, uh, is is a core of this film, and it it, it lends meaning to it by itself. So ignoring that, uh, is it's a mistake, and it's cheapening the film needlessly to like say that it that it doesn't have a meaning or that there's no plot because i mean there is yeah yeah cuz yeah it's it's it doesn't need to be spoken because it's already present because people know there yeah there's context in it that we can't see um without understanding that but to an audience that's in hong kong or in china that it's just part of the package. That's like watching a Robin Hood film or something, and 
or King Arthur or anything. I mean, just anything like that where you have a built-in understanding of it and, the, and of these characters uh, that you can reframe them um, and still enjoy what it is because you have that context and you have like kind of a, um, a mythology or whatever um, built up in your head and understanding of it. So unless you're coming into it completely blind, like you've just never heard of Robin hood or you know, whoever, whatever the character is, um, then maybe that might change things, but you're not the intended audience anyway. So then that kind of, I don't know, that just devalues, um, the kind of negative criticism that the previous reviewer had leveled at this, not saying yeah. that you can have a, um, a negative look on this film. That's fine. But use, I think the proper context to that and do a little bit of research, maybe um, aside from just like a gut feeling of, Hey, this is just Kung Fu that, you've seen before and so it would fail to excite you because that's that's not the case um no i've seen a lot of (laughs) kung fu movies and this is still just really good oh man it was yeah it was so good i actually um as a small aside i i I was speaking to uh uh, someone i know i (laughs) try not to do specifics but um uh and they hadn't seen the movie in a while. Um, and I, I don't remember if he rewatched it, but uh, it was enough to us to go like, yeah, I, I watched this again. And it was like just as amazing. Um, in fact, probably better uh, than I had remembered it being. And yep. I think that speaks to uh, not only like the longevity of this kind of film, but uh, what it's done right because it doesn't look like it's aged, you know? Um, And you hit on that with the, the, the production values, I think are only a part of that. It's really just like the, the heart and spirit of this film still shines. And it's just as valid now as it was, you know, almost 30 years ago. Well, and, and they've allowed Jackie to um, really do what he does best in the film. Like he doesn't seem like he's been hampered. It's got his action. It's got his comedy. Um, yeah, it's got it's got everything we love from Jackie, and some of the other films he's been, he's done has tried hiding that. Well, not hiding it, but just haven't let it be as front and center. Whereas, yeah, that's why we love him. Yeah, and that probably speaks um, also to the director. And while uh, the Legendary Weapons of China was a different sort of film, I, I enjoyed it like equally just for yep. like different reasons. Um, it's enough to want to look at more of um, his filmography and kind of see what else uh, out of the 25 other or 20, 26 films um, that he's done to take a look at those and just broaden my own um, knowledge on, on some of these older films. Yeah. Um, what I what also I'm like there was a lot of fighting in this, but that's what these films are meant for. Like they are meant to have high highlight the fighting. Is there was a lot of variety in this in the fight scenes. Like we were mentioning it, the train scene is a spear fight with bare against bare hands, and then a sword gets added underneath the train. 
They're, well, they're like crouching under a train. It was st- a stationary train, so don't get too excited. But still, uh, <laughs> it was no space. It was clearly dangerous. No special effects, just two guys fighting a fight that was obviously choreographed and they knew what was happening. So it takes some of the charm. Like it's, it's not extremely as risky as it might be if it was a live fight, but it's dang risky. Um, even with fake weapons, there is still, still a real serious uh, danger of harm. And just how different that was from your usual Kung Fu movie fight because of the setting they, they placed it in. Uh, and it was the same with all the other fights. There were other ones where, like the the fishmonger, where he fights the fish the fish merchant. Mm-hmm. It was a lighthearted fight, and so it changed the nature of it. Um, and Jackie was clearly the winner, but he was also trying to help save face um, of the other person. And so he admitted, he agreed that it was a draw, like just a it was more of a friendly bout. Um, but then there's the serious ones when he first gets drunk and you actually learn like we did with the other drunken master film. Like they actually teach you drawing the scene because Jackie's calling out the moves. Uh, and, but in the last serious fight, when it's more, when it's the stakes are a lot higher, you already know what they are. And so you can cheer him along as he's pulling these moves on and you know what they are. It's like corkscrew. Yeah. It's corkscrew opens wine bottle and down the hatch, and you know what the moves are because you've been taught them throughout the movie. And I just really like that progression. Mm-hmm. You're being taught, but the fight scenes change, the seriousness of them change. Um, and yeah, the, the setting change, and it's, it's, it's good. And, and that's Ooh. um, those three fights in particular, uh, show the growth of Wong Fei Hung. Because in the first fight where he's, um, oh, I've, I guess I've gotten rid of that page. Uh, <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's battling the, um, it's an, it's a master that is the head of like a revolutionary, uh, rebellion there against, uh, the foreign influence in China. Um, and he, takes the time to point out that uh, Wong Fei Hung's drunken boxing style uh, while impressive in its the technique um, there's no power behind it like he's lacking something he isn't finished training yes. or it's something in the style that doesn't lend itself to a practical non-drunken usage um mm-hmm. that's a, a, again a thing that um uh wong's father goes out of his way to also tell him um and unfortunately in that in that scene it's after uh the fight has proven to be like detrimental um because Wong Fei Hung has gone too far. He's done what other practitioners of the style um, can fall into is not being a drunken master, just being a drunk, and yep. that that's the the major downfall um, with the style is you. 
in order for it to become more powerful, it's not through your training, it's not through your skill, it's through inebriation, in theory, or at least in the yep. world of Drunken Master. And then we get uh, toward the end of the film where he realizes that his own family style, the Hungar, is it, it's he's better at it. He's stronger with that. But as far as um, I think crowd control or dealing with multiple opponents, uh, the the ability and the flexibility and the pain tolerance, all of those things that are lent by the alcohol uh, is more beneficial to him than being a, a hindrance, at least at that time. Um, so there's, the, there's not only a, the plot that runs through this, but there is a clear change in his character and understanding what he's doing wrong. Um, what, he has to kind of sacrifice um, in order to prevail. And maybe that's not the best way to have done things, but that's kind of the only tools at his disposal um, at the yep. time. So I don't know. There's more of a depth to even just his character's arc um, than just a straight point A to point B. Yes, I agree. Um, and I forgot, like, when I was talking about the different types of fights that we have, which is impressive. With Yeah, you mentioned the crowd control. He fights, what, 60 guys? It's a lot. <laughs> a lot of dudes. Um, and so that, that creates a whole different type of fight scene. And so, as, as I say, it is fighting the whole way through, but there is variety in those fights, which is creates interest as well. Yeah, and they change the locations. So um, none of the none of the fights really feel um, they're more dynamic because they're not just on flat ground. They're on like a little bit of a hillside or they're in two floors of a restaurant or, and he's using like, multiple uh, times stools. in a steel mill. Um, things are on fire. There's <laughs> other just dangerous aspects. Um, there's just, there's things that aren't fights. There's things that are just the beat down. Um, that's where he's he's become so inebriated he's unable to to fight at all. It's just you're, you're just getting a drunk dude beat up. Yeah, I'm just I've got the um the the restaurant scene now against the the X gang. Yeah, and it's impressive because he's using the stools, which I like, and then he's using the table and he's using it like a turtle shell and like spinning around and keeping them away. But they pull in the bamboo sticks, and they the way they flip him that's impressive. Like. Just yeah, there's the, a lot. The, of, there's just a lot of his physicality that. Um, well, and the stunt I, I team around that, him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The it's, it's and this is his um, stunt team that he's worked with uh, for a, Dude, a long time. I just I just remembered the bamboo stick that he gets that gets um, splintered. Splintered. Yeah. That has got to be one of the coolest weapons in a kung fu film. Uh, yeah, and then they've adapted it to like a whip a um like a catch a catching device uh it, it goes through several like mutations as a weapon um not only that is, it's, that's it's like hurting himself until uh he gets help and it gets watered down because it's just cutting him 
Yeah, because it's it's a bit to explain to those who I don't know what we're talking about. It's in the it's in this fight against the X Men, um, and he has a bamboo pole which he's whacking people with, and the hitting people so hard is splintered and turned it into kind it's like not quite splintered, it's split. Yeah, 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 like a broom end almost, like a um. So it's all frayed. So instead of being one pole, it's split into centimeter thick strands, but still connected at the base where he's holding, and it's cutting dudes up but then it cuts his own hand and the old man helps him by tying fabric around to close it back off. So it's. He's got oh, yeah, like then a he sprays... strange spear out of it. Yeah. Like it's like a staff with that. He can move the fabric along to close off the, the, the um, shredded end to make it into a straight pole, but then he can open it up as a defensive tool and as you say a grabbing tool and it's just it's awesome it's almost like a um a whisk yeah a giant whisk <laughs> it's the mo- one of the most clever things i've seen in a kung fu film and the way as you say it evolves uh and the weapon changes and, and mutates throughout the fight is just fascinating yeah very good very good very very clever um and you don't get to see that often in in in, in films no he, i mean i i can't think off the top of my head where he's done something similar so again the they're always evolving they're always trying new things um this isn't a static stunt team that is does one trick and does it well they do everything a lot of things and, and all of his movies to some level or another kind of exhibit this yeah um yep, even sure. when we watched uh gorgeous yeah um yeah they did the same kind of thing where we get sort of like a out of practice out of shape jackie and then top of his game toward toward the end after he does this montage so the fights in that look like one what you see him able to do in the beginning is not what he's able to do at the end and i mean that's that's definitely um evident here very strongly the the things he's doing when he's like using the (laughs) might as well just be like jet fuel it's the um oh uh, yeah he's drinking yeah he's drinking the fuel that they use to like stoke the um uh, steel mill or whatever it is furnaces furnaces stuff so yeah, yeah. he's well it's, it's something that should probably kill you i don't think you should definitely shouldn't ever drink it um but you know everything at that point amps up to 11 and he's so much faster so much zanier uh and pulling off this like drunken persona in a fairly believable way that you as far as someone trying to fight and then having you know been like that slap happy um but still effective or i guess arguably more effective because he's just not stopping um is different than how he is even in the middle of the film yep you know he's just well, yeah, rushing everything at the end yeah well the stakes have increased like he realizes that it's not just saving the artifacts is actually people's lives at risk um mm-hmm. because of 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 i guess the underhanded tactics are being yeah, used against 
Um, and so the stakes have become real. And so he's willing to sacrifice his own health and safety and lose himself to the demon of drink, I guess, the the devil's water. <laughs> um, <laughs> In this case, almost literally. Yeah. Um, not for the greater good. And it's someone who, he's a good character. And often Jack, Jackie, Jackie Chan's characters are, quote, unquote, good. Um, he, he's mischievous to begin with, but then he's, 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 but maybe a bit selfish in his way he does, does things yeah. to begin with. And that's how um, he was sort of portraying um, Wong Fei Hung in the original Drunken Master. Yes. However, we, I think we talked about that. We did. And I, I, at the time, he was a worse character. Like he had more to learn um, by the end of that film. In yes. this one, he, even in the beginning, I mean, he understands what he's supposed to do. Um, but they're just kind of like empty words like he's capable of being a good person but he's generally just more interested in being a little bit selfish um mm. having fun uh because there at the time really isn't stakes that he understands uh you know we get the bit where he's like uh, trying to evade the um the tariffs on the ginseng yeah and Which that's leads like to not the... a good thing to do <laughs> uh just in no. general but he doesn't understand like the severity of the situation and what the trouble that could bring upon himself and his family, you know, all those kind of things because his character is supposed to be younger than he actually um, appears. Yeah. Naive to an extent. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, and we get to see Jackie Chan dress up and, and do, um, I don't know, like Bruce Lee did uh, <laughs> sneak in and do some espionage, which is always fun. Yeah. He sneaks into the embassy. That was a good scene too. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially when they get caught. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's another one of my favorite. Um, I guess it's a, a cliche at this point. It's definitely has to be one. Um, but when people are sneaking into somewhere and they think they're hidden, but like uh, everyone's watching them. Like yep. You turn around and realize that they're they're not actually in a small room or something. They're just like in an auditorium. Um, in this case, I think it was a uh, uh, an atrium, like whatever it, it's called, the thing, which yeah. is pavilion, function hall or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a function hall where they'd probably hold balls Theater, or something like that. Yeah, big open space. Anyway, um, just that kind of thing. Just it was good. It was a good scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just just a very good movie all up. I really enjoyed it, and to be and I watched it dubbed. Uh, uh yeah, dubbed. Um, I, th I think Jackie Jack Jackie Chan comes back and does his own voice. Uh, he's done. Sure. I I want to say he's done that for pretty much most of his um, outside of China releases. Even in Rumble Rumble to the Bronx, he he dubbed himself. Yeah, um, it's actually pretty good dub considering i'm not usually a huge fan of it but it's, it's done pretty reasonably well yeah it was fine i didn't i don't think i had any issues with it um a lot of these films and i and we may have discussed this before but because i as when i was younger or whatever just starting to watch um this this kind of movies uh they the only access i had to them was just dubbed or it came on tv it was dubbed that's just how i experienced them so 
uh, a lot of these I, I have less um, problem with the dub or or even wanting to find um, the subtitled version. And that's mainly in this genre. I I am yeah. not as lenient um, with I don't know, like crime dramas or something. Yep, fair enough. But yeah, I thought the the English was not bad. Um, all in all, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't. We've pretty much covered a lot of the movie itself. I mean, there's there's not much else that really occurs. Um, I guess we no, didn't discuss the uh, the last fight scene um, in any kind of depth. Uh, and that's that's the scene. This is the scene where he he does um, suffer a little bit of the the burn injuries. Um, yeah, the fact that he willingly jumped backwards into like burning coals um, three times, not not once, but <laughs> I guess three times. Well, yeah, the fact that he didn't, the the first two probably would have been perfectly fine, but he wanted to make sure he got it right, and so he did the third, and that's when he hurt himself. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that, but I did. I I did know that. I just had forgotten. Um, the same. I, I mean, I watched the uh, the outtakes at the end. Um, I didn't watch them this time, actually. I, from memory, so I think his hands were protected, and it was just because it was so hot that it was his forearms that got burnt, wasn't it? It burnt through it. He had. Um, you can see when they're doing the outtakes that he's wearing um, fire retardant uh, sleeves and stuff on his clothes. But, you know, that stuff was, it's not like simmering coals. It's like coals that are on fire. There's fire coming. Yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Uh, a lot of pain. Just the, just, the courage, I guess, or the the fortitude to be able to to take that much pain willingly. Well, it's not even willingly; it's like on purpose. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Doing it on purpose, yeah. Yeah, amazing character, Jackie. Yeah, you wouldn't better get away with stuff like that. I don't think in the West. Um, nope, because. Uh all kinds of things insurance being one of them yeah yeah but yeah the fight seems very good uh, go ahead the the, the, i've mentioned earlier the the guy he fights he said he's korean um yes he's a very impressive uh his his leg work is is very good so the um the the last fight is ken lo that's his bodyguard yep so that's who that's not the Korean guy. The Korean guy is the one that he oh, um, spits the fireball at. Oh yeah, the the big guy with the long hair. Is that the one? The the uh, guy with the long hair is the Korean guy. He's slightly shorter. Okay. The the big guy that he's fighting like at the very end is his bodyguard Ken Lo. Yep. And apparently that's because the other um, the the Korean gentleman um, had injured his ankle but yeah the leg work was phenomenal um the speed and that's the thing that's what's so impressive about this they are fighting at full speed this is not 
slow <laughs> at all. No, it's not. It's very. It's quick on all on on, on both sides of the coin. Um, and I'm just got it on now, and just phenomenally quick. These leg, this leg work, and Jackie's handwork, and um, how he, the way he falls, and and gets back up. Yeah, it's just, the way he like falls and ball. like. It's like a bouncy he ball. Doesn't really stay on the ground. Yeah, it's just exceptionally impressive. But he's still acting in between it. Like I'm just watching it now, and this is when he's like super, like lost the plot with the, the jet fuel, <laughs> and he's drunk, which does make him puke. So I'm thinking it's methylated spirits or some kind of extreme flammable like that. Um, yeah, it's something you should and, not ever be drinking. Probably would actually no. kill you. Um, but he does puke, but he's completely sozzled. Yeah. Um, and he's still acting during it. So he's doing extremely quick move, quite technical things, but he's still pulling out the, this is the different stances that we learned like, in the other Drunken Master movie. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it's like the the maid and the... Yeah, so he, in this one, like he's that. not doing the um, eight drunk gods. He's no, he's not. There's some, there's some similarities to it. There's like the flute one and stuff. Yeah. And then there's the drunk, mon- the drunken monkey. But he's doing those stances, and he's like playing the flute in between, like hitting the guy in the head. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I know they're like not fully actually always connecting, but they are. <laughs> no, they're, <laughs> I times. mean they they they're hitting each other, but you can only do so many takes if someone gets injured or bruised up so what's impressive with this final fight is that yeah jackie's often missing the the guy because but the whole point of the drunken master is that you're impervious to pain because you can't feel it so he's like missing but slamming things you can't fake slamming the ground the way he is (laughs) um so yeah it's it's very impressive. Um, and he's Jackie's taking a beating, even if he's not always hitting his enemy. Yeah, no, he gets hit like a lot in that in that final fight, but he just does more to the other guy. It's not even more. I think it's just a, it's an, a battle of attrition between someone that's not really feeling the pain and someone that doesn't, has nothing to block it. But yeah. Um yeah, very impressive. Well, I think that wraps us up. Yeah, I yeah. think so. <laughs> I don't have anything else uh, for this particular one. And uh, as as usual, I guess, we haven't really had any um, comments on this. Aside from people saying that they would like to watch this again or for the first time um, uh, and, and take that chance. And that's kind of also why we do this is to just, you know, bring some of these films, whether new or old, um, up for discussion for other other people as well yeah yeah for sure um and also excuse for me to rewatch them (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah no this was a great one to get back into i I, um as as i mentioned i hadn't really remembered too much about it aside from knowing i liked it but i couldn't like articulate why um that's definitely changed i know exactly why (laughs) why i like this film uh and it just kind of brings up that appreciation for um 
not only Jackie Chan, but his his stunt team, um, the rest of the cast and crew, and like what they accomplished, uh, even as far back as 1994, like what they were doing, and just how good it, it looked. Like oh, yeah. the choreography, everything was just on point, and to. I don't know to like devalue that saying it's the same as something else is that's not the case. Um, we've looked at the previous films and this is an evolution, like in every way of what well, you know, what he's done before. So oh, it's so much, it's, it's so know, much just, more polished. That's a bad way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's more polished. Oh, yeah. The outtakes are on now, man. He just gets hurt bad. Oh yeah. They just dropped a pot on him by accident. There's a couple. There's quite a few um, <laughs> large injuries that look like they happened. Yeah. Anyway, good times. Dave, where can we find yep. you? Well, you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. Um, from there, you can, I guess, branch out to the various other podcasts that I'm either on or most. Nice. Um, uh, DMs are open. Uh, emails fine too. Just say hi. I mean, we like enjoy discussing hi. everyone. <laughs> uh, how about yourself? I'm just Vader Van Odin at Twitter and other places that you might want to visit. Stop by, it's visit me. us. <laughs> we're we're lonely. Fun. So lonely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think we have anything queued up for next time. Uh, but when we know, you'll know. <laughs> yeah. We try to give at least uh, a week advance notice on what we're going to be checking out. So uh, we'll I tell you what, I was so. going through my, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was going through my folder of DVDs and I've got like a range of Jackie Chan ones and the Dragon Lord was one of my favorites back in the day. I wouldn't mind watching that one again. Dragon Lord, Dragon Lord. I don't know. I can't think of what that one is. Um, let me pull my folder out. Um, Sometimes things Young get Titan. different titles. Uh, yes, that is also the hard thing. Um, miracles of a Bat. Spiritual Kung Fu is another one I'd like to cover again. Yeah, the Dragon Lord. Um, from memory, they've got like this cool like rugby game they play and uh, a hacky stack game they play. Like it's got these like I don't know Chinese sports <laughs> that they used to and back in the day. I just need to see like the <laughs> gotta dig through and see if I can find the cover for it because it's gonna drive me crazy. Um, um, I remember being that bit. That are quite a good one. Um, Dragons Forever. Yeah. Um, no, it's not Dragons Forever because that's a yeah. that's a more modern day setting. This is a more of a um, period piece. But we'll talk about it after. We can wrap yeah, this up yeah. for the folks. I just wanted to <laughs> look it up. Um, well, uh, that'll that'll wrap us up, I think, for this episode. Uh, so we will see you next time for something else. No, <laughs> what's our <laughs> what's our? Man, it's been too long. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Catch you later, Kung Fu kids. <laughs> Make up a new one. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>